Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. We're back again. Yo, yo. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. And we're going to dive straight in because, a few reasons, Tracy has to go soon and there's a few stories to get through. And um, heads up, first one's a little bit heavy. So it's sent in by a wonderful listener that we have over in the States. Um, we know you, we're thinking of you, and I am just going to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Are you right, Tracy? Let's go. Okay. Hello. I hope you're doing well. I have a question about healing. You've talked some about how you protect yourself energetically, but what happens if I only sort of protected myself and now my energy is all fucked up? I'm a photojournalist and I was covering the Chauvin trial and the police murder of Dante Wright all last month. I stay fairly open when I work, mostly so I can compare the energy around me with the energy of the images I'm making so I can make sure they match up and communicate the emotions of the moment accurately. That sounds amazing. I stay a little more open in the more tense situations too because that helps me see where I should be, what's about to happen, whose intentions are where so that I know who to talk to and who to steer clear of. And sometimes it'll help in specific situations, like I need to be close to where this tear gas canister is coming is going to land, but I don't want to be hit. So where and when is this about to go down? Holy smokes. <laughs> Downside is that I get a lot of input. I don't have the fine-tuned control yet to be able to take it in enough to keep myself safe, informed and emotionally accurate in my reporting while still blocking out enough energy that I won't fry my whole system. I usually err on the side of frying my system because I'm young and I always think I'll be able to handle it. And if I can't handle it, I just figure that's a problem for my future self. Oh, (laughs) Oh dear. The empathetic side, I'm totally raw and any little bit of anything hurts. I'm sure you know what I mean. What do I do? I'm trying my usual stuff. Meditation, eating what feels good to eat. So like lots of nuts and carrots and whatever. Trying to sleep as much as I can, but I still feel all off kilter and it's been a couple of weeks. I figure it'll take maybe a few more weeks or more to get back to 100%. If there's anything else you know of that I should be doing to fix a fried system, I'd appreciate it a lot. Well, we're coming for you right now. Thanks Mm -hmm. so much for sending it in and you're amazing and you do such amazing work. So thank you firstly and for doing that. And over to you, Trace. Must be so heavy over there right now in the States dealing with all that stuff. It's a lot. Yeah, because it's um, it's so at the forefront of everything. It's just like for, for sensitive people, it would be a, a very heavy energy load. Yeah. Um, But two things, to answer her pressing question, which is what can I do when I'm fried? Um, she's doing all the right things. Uh, the most important thing to do is sleep above everything, even before food and everything else. It's just sleep and drink lots of water so you can flush your system. Cleanse. Cleanse, correct. Um, If you live anywhere near an ocean, which I don't know if she does, but um, going down to the ocean is a great place to be able to almost like recalibrate your energy. Um, I'm not really 100% sure whether it's just me that experiences that, but when I feel off, 
um, or fried, if I go down there, it like recalibrates it. It just resets it for some, for some way. I don't know. I always kind of just feel like it's the meeting of all the elements that does it. Okay. To me, it's like earth, air, fire, and water all meet together in in for me. Yeah, okay. Um, if you're not near ocean and you're near a forest or any sort of nature, like mountain hiking or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I've, I honestly think the ocean is more about the the elements coming together with, with me being the fire. Right. Um, so I'm not sure about mountains and things like that. Like, I don't know. I can't hurt. It definitely can't hurt. Yeah. Um, but um, sleeping and drinking are the two quickest ways to recover, um, even like inducing sleep. I know that sounds awful, but like just wiping yourself out, taking melatonin or some sleeping natural sleeping pills or something to just have um, the downtime. Yeah, induce that um, that consciousness um, rest and recovery. Okay. Um, but ultimately what anyone needs to do, but including um, her, is to think more seriously about prep over recovery. So um, thinking about like what she said in terms of like just a problem for my future self, I hear like I do. It's just like, no, I'll deal with that another time. Think of your future self now though. Yeah. And yeah. it's really, um, it's something that once you learn how to do it, it it's so it makes you so much better at what you do. So it becomes a like habitual. Yeah, just like with everything. Um, so if you can think about just for just for a little bit, just trying to add in some more prep, which I'll talk about in a second, but more prep, and then reduced recovery to the point where you don't need to recover, and then when you're actually working or on, uh, you're clearer and. Your abilities are heightened and things are easier. So it's kind of like a, a win-win, essentially. You, you kind of want to learn how to do it. And she does say like her abilities aren't fine-tuned enough to be able to take what she needs and forget the rest. Uh, and that's what she definitely needs to do. You know, it's I one of my pet hates is um, when people know things and then don't do anything about it, but then, it. But, but then say I have a problem. And it's like, but you know the solution. Stop looking for a solution that's easier. Stop looking for a quick fix. Or stop being lazy. It's like this is the solution. You know you need to do it. Ooh, like pull your finger out, girlfriend. <laughs> hey? The question is more, um, what can I do to make myself do this? Not what can I do? It's like yeah, you, okay. you already know the answer. Um, so a lot of the things to do with prep is making sure that your diet is a prep diet rather than a recovery diet. Um, and making sure that you sleep and making sure that um, prior. you don't – pardon? Sleeping prior, like resting up when you know you've got a big workload on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but also sleeping after, um, like it's um, like a – if you sleep at the end of something, then you're prepping for the next thing kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like your prep begins the minute that you stop. Mm-hmm. And it's not a recovery the minute you stop. It's a prep the minute that you stop for the next one. Um, but um, things like making sure that you're not drinking alcohol or having heavy gluten and dairy um, meals like while you're working or before working. So I don't know whether I've spoken about it before, but Fridays and Saturday nights and sometimes a Sunday is my day of um, if, I, if I want it, I'll eat it. 
if I want it, I'll drink it. Yeah. Um, but during the week, I'm pretty good because it just makes my job so much harder if I go to town on the food and the drink Indulge. through the week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I say go to town, I mean like mostly my diet consists of um, not much really, but most of my diet <laughs> um, consists of um, high protein, high good fats, um, and just really good decent carbs. Uh, and then I'm a pretty boring eater, if I'm honest, um, mostly seafood and um, white meat, if any. Otherwise, it's just veggies. And when I think about what I eat, I'm like, I don't know what I eat. I, and I don't, I very rarely eat dinner. You're not excited by food. No, I'm all. just not. It's like the opposite to me. <laughs> but food can play a big role. So if you're someone who is excited by food, um, that would probably be a a bit of a compromise and a bit of a sacrifice for you to do what you do through the week. Um, but just know that like, if you know that you're going to have a couple of days off, then start from that first night so that you've got some time to get back into the groove, to be able to make it easy for yourself. Come Tuesday, like me, I start work on a Tuesday. Yeah. So, um, there's the food and then alcohol as well is, um, a vibration lower, um, lowering sort of, tonic <laughs> yeah um so you definitely want to stay away from alcohol um and also red meat so red meat is um very low vibrational as well so ultimately to be able to prep you want to think about there's two parts to you you've got your vibration and then you've got your consciousness and so you want to do things that have your human body which is your vibration vibing as high as you possibly can going into something and then you also want to have your consciousness as high as you possibly can so the prep side for the human thing is like the diet and the sleep um, and drinking lots of water. And then the prep side for the consciousness side of things is the meditation and the priming and the surrendering and the sleep. So there's two parts to a prep, but they're the two parts that you want to do. And so that will prevent burnout every time. And what you do is, I mean, it's hopefully fingers crossed that for this listener, um, what she's been covering right now with those two cases that are very high profile and very heavy subject matter that involve, you know, a whole so human consciousness yeah. of energy happening there. Um, hopefully like it's n not that heavy generally. Um, and um, as, as you normally would progress with this kind of work, you, um, you stage it, you know, like you go in stages. So it's like, for example, when I teach people how to do what I do from a professional level, it's like start off with just doing one day, then do two days, then do three days. And you just, um, you progress rather than just going, Hey, all right, I'm just going to throw you into a whole week's worth of clients. Like I see 15, sometimes 16 to 20 people a week. Um, you can't do that from the get go. You have yeah. to learn build to build up, up that stamina. Yeah. And so for this listener, it's, um, it's basically throwing herself in the deep end, deep end. So, I don't think that, um, like, I don't think this is standard. I think that this is fairly abnormal for her, um, which is why she's got the burnout, particularly quite bad this time. Um, but my advice would be in the future to, from now, really focus on your prep so that you're always ready to go when a story like this drops. Yeah, organise your prep and work it in. Yeah, because if you... In. If you want to take it seriously and you want to be able to do what you do at the level that you do it, the quality that you do it, and obviously you're good at it because you're using your intuitive yeah. self as well, 
Um, it's like me with merchandising, with visual merchandising. It's just like, yeah, yeah I was kind of cheating a little bit. Um, <laughs> Take but, care of all parts of you if you're going to do it. Correct. Use it. And I think one of the greatest things that um, I would offer um, to mentor would be um, do it for do it for um, George Floyd and do it for Dante. You know, like this isn't about you. Like you've got to do it for the people that you're serving. Uh, it's it's just like um, being a teacher, you know, in order to teach the kids, you have to learn what to teach the kids. You're not learning it for you. You're learning it to teach the kids. So you're not prepping yourself just for you. You're prepping yourself so that you can be a part of justice. So you can serve. Yeah. So you can serve. Yeah. Um, and like people that are like me understand service at a different level and it's a, it's something that we just feel innately called to do. I wasn't always that way, but now I have it. It's like I can't even describe what it feels like. Mm. It's just such a – it's almost obsession. <laughs> and so I'll do anything to be able to do that. Like I'll sacrifice because I, I feel like it's a meaningful sacrifice. Yeah, but still hopefully always keeping in insight that you do need to take care of yourself to keep that going. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. sometimes you could get distracted just by purely having a life of service. Oh, for sure. It's dangerous. Because you're so used to thinking about everybody else in the greater meaning, but you've still got to take care of. Well, that's a part of, but that's a part of, you know, service. It's like, well, I can't serve from an empty meat suit. Yeah. I have to serve from my highest level of ability. And you get back what you give as well, so to speak. And you do get to a point. It's a good point because you do get to the point where there's momentum involved. So like I'm mostly in a surplus like I call it a surplus. It's like a, um, it's just like an energy bank that I've got sitting there that I could have a couple of days of not doing much and I'd still be okay. Yeah. And I can work like around COVID just when COVID hit in 2020, sort of, I probably got, I was working my little tush off for about four months straight and just didn't have a break. And then I had a burnout and, um, it was it was pretty intense um and I lost my voice and all that kind of stuff happened but um it took it took a long time before I actually felt the the wrath of of not looking after myself so I had I have a good store and that's what happens eventually when you start to just prep and not recover you you build up the stamina and you can go for you can deal with a one-off kind of mind-boggling mind-blowing energy dump um, and absorb it quite well. Yeah, when you're prepping. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Good response. Yeah. Hope that helps you, our lovely, lovely, wonderful listener. And thanks for holding out for that. Hope hope it still helps and I hope you're feeling better. Yeah. Um, a few weeks down the track. Next listener question. Okay. It's from Isa. And in Finland. Yeah. Hi, guys. And love, love, love from snowy Finland. Isa taught me a swear word. Oh. Posca. A posca? Like it the means shit. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm going to try and use that. <laughs> All right. Tosp has been my closest friend while on maternity leave during lockdown. And my son, 11 months, has listened to all of the episodes with me. Lucky him. I have a ghost story for you. 
Our first child was born in 2017 and when she was just three months old, we moved to my grandparents' house. My grandfather passed away a few months before our daughter was born and after his passing, we bought the house and renovated it from top to bottom. Our daughter started to sleep in her own room at six months and that's when the spirit of an old lady came to me. While I was putting her to bed, I started to sense an energy next to the crib. The spirit had a Native American vibe to her and a grandmotherly energy. She just sat there and stared at me. This happened for many days and although she didn't do anything, the mood was quite intense. It was so intense that I tried to ignore it, but it wasn't that easy. I felt like she was protecting my daughter with an ancestral way. Um, I also one time fell asleep or probably actually thinking I might have had my first vision while sitting there. I saw a young boy running from a river to a hut by the mountains and it felt like home to me. Days passed and the lady's energy faded. She stopped being there so vividly. But as I am writing this, I'm directly below that room and that place where she sat and I can feel her presence just now. Love, Isa. That's really cool. Um, we've had that sitting there for a little while, so sorry, Isa. Yes, um, we have. You've spoken to her, though. I have. Yeah. Um, so I feel that that grandmother Native American presence would have to belong to her daughter because when I connect, when I connect to Isa's energy and try to connect to that, I can't. I don't get anything. So it would have to. It would have to be there for her daughter. And it may come from somewhere else, but I, don't, I cannot connect to it. And I, I've tried. That's why it's yes. taken so long yep. to do this one because I sit and I try and try and try and I hate not, I hate not getting somewhere. Like it just frustrates the shit out of me. Happens, um, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. And so I feel like it would have to be through her daughter um, or through her daughter's energy that I would have to try. Um, and I heard I – know a lot more about her daughter now. I mentor Isa, so we speak every week. But um, I think her daughter's her daughter's young, but her daughter's probably quite closed. Yeah. Um, and it's, easy, it's hard to – it's easy to get into people's energy if they're open and it's hard to get into people's energy if they're not open. Like it's like a brick wall essentially wow. and there's not much it's – like, it's like they've got a force field up and it's just like, well, shit. <laughs> my my powers don't I'm not yeah. going to do anything with this. Yeah. Um but I know Isa well enough to know that her experience would have definitely would definitely be um legitimate to her. Of course. Um and it can only be a good thing. I don't feel anything threatening cuz Isa's spirit guides would give me something if it was threatening or would give me something if there was anything I needed to know. Um and then the vision of the little boy running. Yeah. Um, that's from what her guides have shown me. I feel like that's past life of Isis. Oh. Yeah. That's her in a past life. It just, she had that. Correct. Vision. Yeah. And I don't know my question, what I have been, um, grappling with or not, or trying to figure out is why she was shown that and what significance it had for her. Yeah. Um, and aside from knowing now that, um, Issa's journey, um, I would think that it would probably have something to do with her own development um, and validation that she would be needing to receive at the moment, um, okay. which will make sense to her when she hears this. Right. Um, 
that it would just because when we start to develop our abilities, um, they get stronger very quickly and spirit and the universe will give us um, lots of validation quite quickly. Um, and I feel like this is this is what's been happening with Issa because lots of other things have been happening too behind the scenes. Cool. Yeah, because it says it felt a lot like home to me. So just feeling like you've, mm. you're running home, I suppose. Yeah. In the literal sense is interesting in itself. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. Thanks, Isa. She's doing amazing things over in Finland. She actually just um, published her own book. What? Uh-huh. She just released it a couple of weeks ago for pre-sale. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It's written down somewhere. What's it about? Um, it's her story. Oh, cool. Um, it's a little bit like, um, who the fuck am I? Oh, you know, really? you know, it, it's not like a, it doesn't have like lessons and teachings yeah. and stuff in it, but it's a little bit like her journey. She's yeah. had a, a very, um, a very full, I'm not going to dob her in her age, but a very full 30 <laughs> something years of life yeah. Yeah. Um, with lots of experiences that, um, that needed to be shared. And, um, it's basically a story about like, um, breaking through and yeah. getting through the shit. And mm-hmm. being able to see things differently. Well, we're definitely going to have to pre-order one and then yeah. flog it on our socials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Isa. That was beautiful. All the way from Finland. How amazing is that? I know. It's so cool. All the way over there. Every week so I get cool. to talk to her in Finland. Oh, that's awesome. And I learn a new swear word. Oh, like <laughs> Posca. Posca. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry for all the people there. Oh, Posca. It's not just a Posca texter. <laughs> Deary me. All right, the next one is from the lovely Jess, who has been ever so patient with us as well. She's from the Central Coast, so she's a local yokel to us. Here we go. Hi, hi, lovely ladies. I have a bizarre possible ghost story for you that I would love some insight on. When I was a little girl, can't remember how old, we lived in a house in Wyoming, New South Wales. I remember I was sleeping in a single bed in my bedroom and I would often wake up very early in the morning because I would need to pee. Lol. (laughs) So I would reach over to my bedside table to try and turn the lamp on. However, I had something blocking me. It felt like bars were in my way. I couldn't see them and it was pitch black. And even if I stuck my hand through the bars, I still couldn't reach my bedside lamp. I would cry and yell for mum to come into my room which she always did, and turn the main bedroom light on. When she did, the bars would disappear. I told her about it and she said it was all in my imagination. This happened for quite a long time, what felt like weeks before it would eventually stop and I would sleep through the night. I even recall holding on to the bars one night and yelling out for mum, hoping that when she turned the light on she would see them, but they vanished and I was sitting there in my bed holding on to nothing. I'm not sure how old the house was. I don't think it was that old. I haven't had anything like that happen to me since, thank goodness, but I remember this like it happened to me yesterday. Any insight would be amazing. I have wondered about this all my life. Sounds like a mix. Sounds like whack. It sounds like whack. It sounds, it sounds oh, like whack. Makes me feel gross. <laughs> Sorry, whack. but I am the scary cat. <laughs> Um, Sorry. <laughs> it sounds like a mix of lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis to me. Oh. I can't, like, I don't know. I feel like it's both happening at the same time. Right. Because obviously there are no bars there, yet 
she can feel them and see them and, and touch them She's like it's real. It's yeah. real. Yeah. So it's loose. Like it, to her, it's a lucid yeah. um, event. Yeah. Um, but obviously they're not there. And because there is a physical barrier that stops her from being able to do anything would indicate paralysis of some sort. Um, it's, so it's obviously in that sleep-wake cycle she's experiencing lucid. Some kind of other. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a midway of consciousness. Yeah. Like a, um, it's like, it's just lucid, not just lucid dreaming, but it's lucid dreaming mixed yeah. with sleep paralysis. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. And recurring as well, all in a clump in that same sort of yeah. age and stage. I would be, what would be interesting would to be, to be able to understand um, what the, um, like if there was anything that she did that was the same before she went to bed those nights. Like, because sometimes um, certain foods can oh. induce um, behaviors like this or experiences like this. Like, some foods can induce sleepwalking, sleep yeah. paralysis, yeah. lucid dreaming. Um, but also, uh, events and circumstance can induce lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis, like certain stresses, um, fears, sometimes hormone imbalances can as well. Um, so, how old did she say she was? Um, she said she couldn't remember, but mm. she was quite young. So like um, growth spurts. Um... When I was a little girl, can't remember how old. So mm. a little girl. It sounds like she's having a recurring nightmare from when she was in a cot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, actually. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. I wonder if she was sleep trained. <gasps> oh, gosh. Mm. What have I done to my second child? I sleep trained her. That's okay. I once, um, or not once, a couple of times actually, um, have experienced children who put themselves to sleep by banging their heads. Oh, no. Yeah. Like they'll just bang their head on the cot until they fall asleep. And the wow. parents are just like, yeah, it's just what they do. And it's like, huh? Oh like no offense or judgment to anyone who's listening whose child does that yeah. but it's definitely very difficult to experience and witness and yep. observe yeah like dead set head banging yeah. Yeah. yeah a few times i've seen it wow i actually used to babysit when i was younger when i was a teenager for for two little kids and the girl used to do it mm -hmm. that was the first time i remember i would have been about like 15 16 mm. i thought it was the weirdest fucking whack thing i'd ever seen in my life yeah yeah um and then I've had two clients who have had children who have done the same thing yeah. and they were like at their wits end. And it's Fair. just like, is this yeah. a, is yeah. this, I don't know where else to go. Is Put this a, a psychic thing? Hat on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point in terms of the cot situation. I don't know. It sounds like she was in a cot, doesn't it? It does. But yeah. she was in a bed, so I don't know. Yeah. So it could be um, like... Uh, we have questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is really interesting, actually. Like, my mind's going everywhere. So, not a ghost, though. So, Jess wrote in no. because she said possible ghost stories. So, there's definitely no other elements at play there. No. No, no ghosts. No. This no is spirits. No. No. If anything, it's sleep paralysis, lucid dreaming, and potentially, um, yeah. like, night, like, um, nightmare, -y. nightmare -y type yeah. situation. Yeah. 
Um, especially because she could yell out for her mum and her mum heard her because yeah. a lot of the time if you hear about sleep paralysis, they will say that they were screaming out but the person next to them wakes up and that person's asleep and they're not screaming at all. Yeah. It's just in their memory. No, I screamed. It's like, no, you weren't. You were dead to the world. Yeah. So the fact that her mum came in kind of, um, uh, it's like a sleep-wake thing. Yeah, and that lucid element part of the dreaming like I remember you know how well she said one time she even held the bars thinking that I'll hold them so I'll show mum that they disappeared I had lucid dreams when I was little they weren't really nightmare-y they're a bit odd but there was one um in which I found this little purple like compact thing Mm. and every time I woke up I was devastated because I was like where did that go (laughs) and there was one time where I you know very consciously in my dream was like all right Laura, hold on to this because you're going to wake up. So, oh, wow. So I woke up. It was not there. Right. Bring <laughs> yeah. it to the bring it to the human realm. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, I was so disappointed. But I, wow. I had that feeling of this is happening, so you hang it's on to that dream. now. Yeah. That sounds so similar to Jess's story. Yeah. There was um, a few recurring ones when I was little. Oh, that's so cool. Was, yeah. I want, what was in it? Do you ever know what was in it? Um. I don't know. It was like really related. Like I was a really little kid, probably yeah. around Maya's age now. Obsessed maybe a Polly with... Pocket. Yeah, it was like that sort of thing. Yeah. There was a mirror in it and maybe like makeup y stuff. I don't know. But mm. it was just. It was a... valuable to you though. It was what I really wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so badly in my human life. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah. Um, have you ever had a dream where you like your partner's cheated on you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you wake up in a. My mother does too. Really hard. She wakes up my dad and like clocks him (laughs) on. It's really hard to get that out because it's so real. real. Like you feel all the feelings. It's betrayal. Yeah, yeah. And they have no idea. Yeah. They're just lying there like an asshole. (laughs) Snoring their head off. You're like, fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. You have no idea what you just did. I hate you. You're getting a divorce. Right now. I'll show you. All right, so not too much there for you, Jess, but... um... I would be, like, I mean, I'm glad that it doesn't sound like, I think I'm pretty sure that she would have told us that uh, if things like that had continued happening in her life... um, Yeah. Like, different different types of dreams. Yeah. Um, But I'm glad that it only happened when she was younger. Yeah, it seems to have not been happening anymore. Because can you imagine... Gross. Like that would be awful. Yeah. Sleep paralysis. Like I, there's not too many things that I'm afraid of. I'm yeah. afraid of sleep paralysis. Was I telling you, I listened to a podcast and there was a fella um, that explained a little bit of the, th- one of the thoughts behind sleep paralysis and why there is that feeling of I'm did doing you just all say of fella? this. Fella. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I do. It's okay. I'm not sorry, actually. Like, Don't be I sorry. Did. Don't I be did. sorry. I, I just was that. like, hang on a minute. <laughs> This gentleman. <laughs> anyway, he was he was some type of doctor and he was look at maybe a neuroscience sort mm-hmm. of doctor. He was looking into all different theories as to why sleep paralysis is the way it is. And he was saying that when we do dream and when we do fall asleep, there is, um, you know, an actual physical response in our body that does paralyze our body. Yes. Otherwise, we would all be sleepwalking and Correct. all be having all these experiences. And so sometimes there's just a little bit of a glitch in when we become aware of what we're experiencing in our dream and how we're responding to it, like our body hasn't woken up and we're not able to move yet. We're still literally paralysed 
even though our consciousness is sort of separated from actually sleeping and dreaming. Which that's exactly what sleep paralysis is. Yeah, and that's how he explains it. It's just that chemical response where our body is that is not not responding yet. Not responding. It's a bit slow. But it's not supernatural or paranormal in any way. Uh, well, there's two elements to it. Like before when I was talking about how with prep, there you've got to prep your human body and your spiritual body. And so when it comes to sleeping in a sleep state, mm-hmm. you are mostly connected to you are most connected to your spiritual body when you're asleep. And so there is definitely a spiritual element at yep. that period of time yep. where we are waking up. Yep. So that is why with sleep paralysis there is a very common um, report of the supernatural element to sleep paralysis and that would be why. It's the connection to your higher self though. It's Yeah. 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 Whereas a lot of people that report sleep paralysis, it really frightens them. Like it's not a pleasant thing. No, most of the time it's not. Yeah, yeah. That's why it frightens me. Yeah. Because I'm claustrophobic. It has to be said right now that if you can hear a squeaking in the background, <laughs> That's it's Dash Dashy playing, playing with his squeaky toy. Yeah, it's not interference of any any other kind of thing. All my is today, all my clients who are listening are gonna know exactly what that is in the background because yeah. <laughs> they hear it on our zooms and I'm like, I'm sorry, and I have to chase him around the house to grab it, and he hides and yeah. runs. Loves that thing. He's already been in here biting the hands off Barbies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's a hand eater. (laughs) He's a hand eater. Anyway, cool. Well, that was interesting. (laughs) Yep. Um, So thanks, Jess, and we love that you stay in touch with us. You're an awesome follower of ours in the socials. Thanks for waiting. Yes. Being patient. We've had a lot to get through and a lot going on behind the scenes with all of these new podcast things that are happening and the Turns Out Network and the meet and greet. Yeah. Yeah. Come to that. If you're a local, that'd be cool. No, you're going to have to cut that out because this will be after. Oh, well, nice meeting you. (laughs) 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 Through the magic of podcast world. (laughs) Oh dear, we're time traveling. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, we're lucid time traveling. Have we got? We've got time for one more little one. Sure. From another beautiful friend of ours, Mimi. All right. Hello. I hope you have. You were both living your best. I have a question for the podcast. Always. Is there such thing as periods of time in which it is easier for elderly people to cross over? The last two weeks, I have heard news of many, like a very unusual amount of old people dying. When I've mentioned this to other people, they have also found that they know a lot of people departing the earth side recently. I'm curious if you have any understanding of why this might be. Otherwise, it is a mystery and that's okay. <laughs> With love, Mimi. <laughs> oh, we love you. Uh, thanks, Mimi. So there's a few different things that this brings up for me. One, no, not that I have ever been aware of, is there a time that is more likely for older people to pass over, as in a time in, on in mass. chronological, well, okay. I mean like in, in like, you know, 2020, Yeah. but mostly old people usually pass in the night. Mm-hmm. So there is a time, but oh, not a time. Okay. Yes. So they usually will go um, when it's dark, yeah. so when it's not light. Mm. Um. 
no why? idea why. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a psychic. I knew you were going to ask that. Um, yeah, I have oh, no idea good. why. <laughs> you reckon? Turns out. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know why, but old people or elderly people will usually most commonly pass in the dark and um, oh, spirit has actually just said that it has something to do with the air. Okay. What? I'm going to have to speak to them a little bit more about that and come yeah. back to everyone. Um, mm, something to you, do with the air. Yeah. Remind me about that. Okay. Um, and Noted. Please. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the older people passing over, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really open and um, uh, um, I'm going to state my belief and very strong opinion on something. Oh, gosh. Oh, here we go. Hold on to your butts. Um, so COVID, uh, from a universal energetic perspective, has been about um, a few things, but one of the main things has been able to raise the collectives, the, like the consciousness of the collective. So of all the people that are on the earth right now, yeah. it's about like a mass um, evolution and rise of consciousness for all the people that are living here. Yeah. Unfortunately, not everyone's going to make it through. And so those who are unable to reach the level of consciousness that is required to continue literally living, they will die. And the evolution. and Correct. Yeah. So it's almost like human evolution but universal evolution. It's the evolution of the earth. And so unfortunately the elderly people um, are going to be the largest contingency um, naturally. Like just yeah. natural evolution would say that the, the elderly and the sick – um, or the people who have, um, you know, parts of them that aren't functioning the way that they need to. Yeah. Um, God, it gets hard as a podcaster to be able to say things without offending people. <laughs> <laughs> My mind has so many ways that it would say it if it yeah. wasn't going out into the world. <laughs> Try to be. Oh, God. And then it just comes out like a complete twit. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, the elderly people uh, that are, have been crossing over, it's really just at the time right now where the universe is just almost just doing survival of the fittest, if you want to yeah. kind of see it from a really emotionless black and white kind of way, um, which to me is just how it is. It is, yeah. And they're, so, they're at the end of their evolution too because yeah. they're at the end of their life path. and mm-hmm. It's science. And to be honest as well, uh, uh, their soul would have chosen. Opt out of this bullshit. Well, their soul would have chosen their exp- – so this isn't – like so I don't know if I've referred to this before on the podcast, but humans, like for our spiritual being having a human experience – it's known as like we have an expiry. Yeah. Like we, we expire. Oh. Our human experience expires. Because we choose it to be so. Previous to yeah. having our human experience. Like our contract. Hmm. Yeah. So the, everyone that's dying, whether they're dying of COVID or natural disaster, 
or accident or whatever. Anything. Um, anything, essentially. Um, it's their... It, it's time. It's their time. They've, they've, their human experience has expired. Yep. Um, and, like, I had a client the other day over in Canada and her son died um, a year ago on the 23rd of May. And, unfortunately, he he committed suicide. Um, but um, it's a very long story, but essentially he was just a very happy-go-lucky man in his 40s, um, loved life, had plans for the future, and then got sick and was given um, medication that uh, basically made him go crazy. And um, within six months he'd killed himself and the medication basically did it. It just sent him completely loopy. Didn't um, agree with him. Yeah. And so there's lots behind that story. But the mother um, who was Jewish, lovely Jewish mum, was so mm. beautiful, um, she was sort of saying um, that she felt that it didn't have to be that way, that, you know, had had they given him the right meds or changed it or listened or done something more. Yeah. Maybe he would took still be here. Care. Yeah. And as much as it helps humans to hold on to those those justifying, you know yeah. well just just things that they can hold on to that make it easier for them to, to live with their, their their grief. Um <coughs> pardon me. Um it's just not the case. So regardless of whether he like I know how he, he killed himself, but regardless of whether he did that um, or not, he would have died that day or within 24 to 48 hours is how I've always seen it. It's like, um, what's that movie? Um, sliding Doors. Sliding Doors. But then there's also, um, there's another one too called, um, I can hear, I could just see everyone listening to the podcast saying the name of that movie. <laughs> I can't think of what it's called. Intercept? No. Um Oh, no anyway. exception. No, that's completely different. No. Um, anyway. Yeah. It's about, it's a cheating death movie. Oh, okay. Where you can't oh. cheat dead. It chases you. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Go on. <laughs> and it's got a, like, it's a trilogy. It's got like a few different ones. Anyway. Um, you, you can't outrun it. You've got yeah. a human expiry. Yeah. Like your, your yeah. human meat yeah. suit won't function anymore. So whether he had killed himself been hit yeah. by a car, yeah. um, you know, had a heart attack or whatever, he yeah. was going to go. Um, and it's really hard for humans to understand that. Absolutely. Not all humans, but many humans. Depends on the circumstance as well. Like as a healthcare worker, there's some, um, there's some times where you think, oh, if this had been done differently or if that had been done differently, you know, when there's different elements at play such as duty of care or responsibilities or things not being followed or maybe things that weren't known about until later you know in hindsight things could be done so differently and I do I know I've spoken to you before about you know certain situations I've been in and how I felt about them and you're always um well you're the first to share that sort of perspective to me like that's just really my human judgment on the situation really that thinking it could be any other way mm -hmm. correct um and then I always counter that with a yeah but 
this wasn't done right or that could have been done differently or what have you. And you're like, mm, you're kind of missing the point. <laughs> but <laughs> like, it's just so, there's, it's so much. So much goes into leading yeah. up to someone's departure. Yeah. But so much goes into leading into everyone's life. Yeah. You know, yeah. the result of the quality of your life right now is the result of all of those little things that have happened anyway. It's just that one day all of those little things result in someone's death. Yeah. And like, it, but we are human. You are human and you're supposed to feel those feelings and yes. you're supposed to hold on to them. You're supposed to be triggered by them. You're supposed yeah. to grow by them. Yeah. But it's when you see it as it should be any other way. Yes. That's when it becomes just, well, that's just not the truth. You're stuck in that. Yeah. yeah. And it's just simply not the truth. Yeah. Everything happens exactly as it should, when it should. Yeah. When you say it like that, it makes it sound so simple. And Yeah. And, I mean, it's very yeah. emotionless to say it like that. I understand it. It can be very cold to look at it that sometimes. Yeah. But when you are me and you live with it on two sides, it's very, very, very... Um, easy to just I it's just reconciled it's matter just like, of yep, fact very much so that's kind of a little bit what makes me giggle more so these days and feel a bit angry but when people think that spirituality especially spirituality is like fluffy and woo woo and mm-hmm. hippie I'm like it's so not it's like it can be super hardcore and very matter of fact and very feeling less when it comes down to it 100 percent and I just, that makes me giggle that people's perceptions are like, oh, it's so fluffy. I was like, mm, you haven't met Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just me, obviously. No, like, of course not. It is what it is. Yeah. Mm, that's like, what my husband says. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But that's like what we were talking about um, when we were talking about near-death experiences, you know, that Dr. Jeffrey Long on his website, it says something like um, the perfect mix of science meets spirituality meets skepticism or something like that and I'm just like yes I have found my home yeah (laughs) because that's what it's that's what it is you know it's humans make spirituality fluffy yeah yeah because it's it's hard to take it seriously if you're not prepared to really do the work and take a long hard look at yourself true makes it more digestible yeah if you make it fluffy yeah um it makes it something that you don't have to bother about but I've not known any other realm anywhere, not realm, that's a poor choice of word, but you own your shit and you make a choice to learn and grow and move on and serve if you've got to serve or just, you know, really, you know, achieve what you're here to achieve. Mm. And achieve's a poor word too, I understand that. But I don't know any other facet of living that is so not fluffy than spirituality because you you've like you know if you're going to choose to live that way you've really got to address yourself (laughs) and sort it out and do it really deliberately and really purposefully and there's no other way around it Mm -mm. that's not fluffy Mm -mm. and there's a lot of um there's a lot of acceptance within it all yeah and acceptance is not fluffy no Acceptance is hardcore. And surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And none of that is fluffy. Maybe mm. how you get to acceptance and how you get to surrender can be fluffy if that's what you need. I don't I don't respond to fluffy. No. Some people do. Yeah. 
whatever it takes to get you there, so be it. Like I'm not here to judge anyone. Yeah. But when people who are on the outside of spirituality have a view of it um, or an understanding of it as fluffy, they're wrong. Yeah. Um, but people who are in and evolving and learning and growing and exploring spirituality, then I can't judge their, their journey and how they do it. Of course. There's, and it, it's all done differently for everyone because we and are the, all so different. Yeah, and the fluffy people would never judge someone like me. No. Like you just, you, when, you're, when you live this side of it, there is no judgment. Yeah, It's exactly. just awareness, yeah. an observation. It's just a sometimes there's a curiosity and that's about as far as my judgment would go would be curiosity. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. usually because I'm fascinated. Mm. And it that's is. cool. It's I intriguing. like that. It's mm. intriguing. Yeah, I like that. And I find that interesting because I did used to – I didn't even know what the term – like I'd never heard the term woo-woo before until we started this podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah, and I was like, that is so fucked up. Like I got used to get angry. Like how could people be so arrogant and ignorant and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, so I moved offended. on from being – Yeah, I was actually offended. And now I'm just like, that's really – that makes me giggle. Like how little you know about it all if you think for one second this is, you know, easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, on that note, <laughs> yeah, so that was a bit of a rant really, wasn't it, for me? But you're you're on fire today. I love it. You mean? You said I wasn't myself at the start of the you day. Get period? I don't know. <laughs> Who would know with me when that happens? True. You tell me. Normally I, I love get the migraine lately and I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Mm, that's a whole I feel like thing. I just sounded like a, a, I don't know, a something. I don't know what I sounded Dude. like. Dude. Yeah. Just <laughs> My it, husband. Does, does the fact that you're getting period explain away this whole entire Laura today? <laughs> it's not how I meant it. It's just know. that it's very different for you today. And I'm just like, hmm. And I hope you don't have your periods for this weekend. Like oh, <laughs> we need to delete all amazing. of this. That would be just... <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Off of this weekend. You mean last weekend. Last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's time travelling in us again. Oh, guys, we are getting together once a fortnight to hammer out a couple of episodes to yeah. get this sorted and get some organisation happening. So please pardon our forwards and backwards time travel with dates and times and meet and greets that when you listen to this have already happened. Yeah. Wow, that was fun, wasn't it, Tracy? <laughs> it's so much fun. What was your favourite part? <laughs> I don't know yet. I'll let you a know psychic premonition. You can Ooh, have a precog. I reckon I'm going to have a glass of bubbly. Do you? Yeah. Cool. And hug everyone inside because <laughs> that's my <laughs> And steal my um, Polaroid. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that was on my reminder to remind you about too. And I reckon you're going to come home with a TOSP tattoo on your forehead. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll draw one on yours. <laughs> no, you won't. It won't be really TOSP. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to us. Prattle on. Keep your stories and everything coming on in. We love them and we do get to them eventually. See? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Take care. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook at tospodcast.